the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation, checking in from in front of the house behind me. And joining me from just down the road from Oklahoma is Jonathan Roz. What's new, Jonathan? Hey, Dustin. Uh, you know what? You know what's new? What's new is that uh, FC Dallas just destroyed Houston. Um, destroyed them so bad that their fans packed up or maybe were pushed out, you know, with 10 minutes left in the game. So <laughs> they didn't have any beer left. So because they threw it all. It, it, it could it could be that, but no, no, it's it's uh, coming off of a a, a great week, great win, uh, keeps us in the playoff hunt. So it's uh, it's it's really as a, as an FC Dallas fan, it's really hard to complain, um, you know, about where we are and kind of the the path forward. For sure, I think one thing though is that is kind of uh, important to keep in mind is just that Houston's bad and really bad. So we need to. I mean, yes, that was awesome. We always want to crush a rival, but we've got to temper expectations, I guess, with with that. Um, so let's take a little bit of a look towards this week's matchup against FC Cincinnati. It will be Saturday evening at 7 at Toyota Stadium. Uh, and for this show, this we used to be called the lineup prediction show. Now we've, we've t- morphed it into more of a match buildup show. I mean, we're calling it the match buildup show. And we're going to be starting to refine kind of the format and, and how we go about putting on the show. We're trying to try to pack as much information into this show as we can, but still keep it short and consumable. Um, so from week to week, you might see a little bit of, uh, a little bit of tweaking going on. Uh, one of those tweaks will be this week's first segment, and we'll see how it goes and see if we want to keep it. Uh, this segment is called Stats, Stories, Players, and Things. And so each one of us, one of us will take the opposition and name stats, stories, players, and things that are going on with the opposition and kind of get us filled in on them. The other one will take FC Dallas, and, and most likely it'll be less of a um, fill-in or an overview because we're you know talking about them every week, but um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get started with Cincinnati tonight, uh, and then Jonathan later on here in a second, whenever I'm done, will be talking and giving I'm, us the good. I'm ready to be amazed with your knowledge of Cincinnati, Dustin. I know, I know oh. what a, a huge FC Cincinnati fan you are. You know? <laughs> uh, you know, everybody likes a little blue and orange every now and then, right? Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's start with their overall record. Their overall record. So the stats portion of the stats, stories, players, and things. Uh, their overall reckon, record is five wins, 19 losses, and three draws. That has them at last in the MLS. They're, they're just not good. And I think at the risk of just sounding like I'm dumping on them this entire segment, I, they're, just, they're just not good. In fact, I, I asked Armand, what, what do we need to know about Cincinnati since you have the other podcast that follows more of MLS at a whole? And he just said, they're terrible. <laughs> so... Uh, then they, and he said, quote me on that. So I did. All right. Um, as far as scoring and defense goes, they average one goal per game. That's 27 goals in 27 games. And they allow 2.37 goals per game against. That puts them at a total goal differential for the entire season in over 27 games at a, a minus 37 goal differential, which is really bad. Uh, okay. And then... How did they get here? They fired Alan Koch in May after he lost seven of his first uh, 11 games. So he went two, seven, and two. And just 
in August, I think August 8th or so, they replaced him with his permanent replacement, Ron Yons. And since appointment, he's gone zero wins, two losses, and one draw. In the last five matches, they are winless with four losses and one draw. Their lone draw was the second, oh, sorry, was the first leg of the Hell is Real Derby. Uh, John, uh, Jonathan, trivia question. Why do they call it the Hell is Real Derby? You know, the I, I, I think it had something to do with a highway sign. I, I can't remember for sure. <laughs> that is actually correct. Uh, the There's a sign on I-71 in, that connects Cincinnati and Columbus that some developer put up that says hell is real. It's a religious sign. And apparently there's a couple in the other places that developer owns across the country, but that is the mutually agreed upon name for the Derby based on uh, that, that sign on the highway. So the more, you know, <laughs> um, so looking back as far as wins go, FC Cincinnati hasn't won since they beat Chicago on July 13th. That's over a month and a half since they've won in any competition. Not that I think there is still far in any of them, but yeah. So that's as for stats. That's, um, that's what they've got. All the stats say that FC Dallas should be able to, to handle their business on Saturday against FC Cincinnati. We move into stories. There are a couple stories that might affect this game coming in. Uh, one would be Victor Ayoa and Roland Lamar returning to Dallas. They were both players at FC Dallas last season, and they both got moved to Cincinnati. I think there's this, the situations were slightly different. One was a trade and one was a free agency. Um, but they're both coming back to play here again, so that might provide some extra motivation for them. Also, Kakuta Mane's family lives in Austin, and he they haven't seen him play in over two years. And so he's really amped up about having his family in the in the stadium to watch him play for the first time in a while. Uh, the other thing is, is that pretty much Ron Jans has given up on the season. Obviously, there's not much to play for for them. Uh, and so I believe he's been quoted as saying that they're going to be rotating players in and out to try to see what the players are made of, evaluate the players going forward, see if they fit in what he's, his plans are going forward. So that yeah, those I, are kind of the good. I, I saw some things, Justin. Yeah, I don't think he was very happy with uh, with with that second half performance in their own derby. Right, the hell is real. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and, and at this point, right, what's the point of not making changes? Um, right, got to see what they're made to of. Lose this yep. Exactly. Um, and then moving on to players and things to watch for. Uh, so, <laughs> there's not a whole lot here for to watch for. Um, FC Cincinnati, their their 27 goals have been scored by 13 different players, but only four players have scored more than one goal. So, and I, I mean, I, I don't have that list in front of me. I think it's Alan Cruz, Kakuta Mane, and uh, somebody else. The two other people. I was gonna, I, I was going to thank you, Dustin, for not throwing that trivia question at me. Yeah, <laughs> you're I welcome. Have no idea. <laughs> Um, so players to watch for, uh, probably one would be Kakuta Mane. He came off the bench against Columbus. 
He Darren Maddox normally gets the starts, but with his family there, he's going to have that extra motivation. He might be a threat coming in as a sub or if he gets the start over Maddox. The other only other, I guess, real player to watch for for Cincinnati, Cincinnati is Alan Cruz, and he's their midfielder. You've seen him kind of play as a ten or on this on the wing and um, or on the the side of the midfield. He has a season total open play expected goals of 4.0 that leads the team of um in expected goals from open play the cl- the next closest person is Darren Maddox and he's only at 2.1 so the, i mean if if anyone's going to be creating and and giving them chances it's going to be Alan Cruz uh, so keep a, keep an eye on him so that is what to watch for the stats stories and players for FC Cincinnati, what do you got for us for FC Dallas, the Battle well, of the well, FCs? Well, well, well. First of all, first off, I mean, this is uh, if you look up the definition of a trap game, I think this this is it, right? And I think uh, we, there was a, an article came out from uh, FC Dallas today with a quote from Lucci saying this is absolutely the most important game of the year. Um, I think it was actually something he said uh, in the post game after Houston. We started talking about you know what's next. Um, as we play FC Cincinnati. And I, I think that you, you have to have that mentality because if you don't, if you don't, if you don't take care of business against Cincinnati, um, that win against Houston was, was, was wasted. Um, and your chances of making the playoffs are, 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 are pretty dang low. Um, so Dustin, when we're, you, you talked about, uh, FC Cincinnati's losing streak. So, uh, FC Dallas has their own little streak going, which is we have not won or they have not won two games in a row since the second month of the season. So since way back in April. Um, huh. So so one of those streaks is 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 bound to end. Uh, either we're going to pick up this, the, the, the second win, which obviously I think we we as FC Dallas fans all really expect to see. Um, the, there, there's there's a couple of other uh, interesting things going on. So uh, we have been, so we've been playing really well at home. Uh, we're in the last eight, we're 5-0-3. The last time that we lost a game was back in uh, May 19th. So the so we've, we've started to put together a little bit of the Fortress Frisco again. Uh, it hasn't been the same, you know, the last couple of years, but I think this year we're starting to see at least a little bit of that. I would say that- Welcome the, news, that's welcome news. It, it, yep. <laughs> And, and I think that the you know to, to me one of the big the big things that we've seen over the last few games is just this offensive explosion. So not in every game, obviously the LA Galaxy one, no, but um, you know we've had two games in the last four where we where we scored scored five goals. Uh, in both of those, we had sixty percent uh, possession, and we hadn't won a uh, we hadn't scored five goals in, before that uh, Minnesota game until back in twenty seventeen. So. You know, we went through the whole 2018 season without scoring uh, five goals, and then you know most of this season. Um, and now we've had two really good um, back-to-back performances. And I think that you know, so so part of the part of that strategy is really about making sure you score first. Uh, sounds <laughs> sounds sounds pretty obvious, but you know our um, our statistics when we do and don't are pretty significantly different. So we're uh, this year we're 10-1 and four when we score first. And we're one nine and one when we don't score first. Interesting enough, 
Uh, I think that that one win and that one draw have been ver- both very recently. Uh, I think it was the the Minnesota game and the Montreal game were the one win and the one draw. Um, yes. So before that, we were even much much worse off. Uh, there's a couple of key stats for me, key players to watch. Um, so so one is uh, is 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 Michael Barrios. So statistically, um, when Mikey scores, we're 17 three and three. Um, that includes the the last win against Houston. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's it's and that's and that's through Mikey's you know uh, Mikey's duration here as a as playing for FC Dallas. We're seventeen three and three when he scores. I think the other key player to watch, uh, based on his performance, uh, he 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 could have been maybe the man of the match last last, last week, but man, Jesus Ferreira, uh, he had man he had an an awesome game. Um, and I, I think if I'm going to say uh, who am I going to watch? Who needs to have another big game? I, I think we need to. I mean, everybody talked about Cobra. Um, Cobra was efficient. I'm sure at some point we'll probably, as we go through the lineups, we'll talk a bit about Cobra. Uh, but to me, that's that's the the big player story is um, is is how well Ferrer played in that. I'm going to call it that that ten roll, right? I think mm-hmm. even even Lucci said that it was more of a ten eight six in the last game versus this six and dual eights. Um, and, and we saw we saw Jesus attack the back line, turn an attack to something we haven't seen a lot of, and it's something we saw early on in the season with Paxton. Um, but I think pa- since Paxton's been you know uh, nursing his hamstring, and it, it, we haven't seen that much aggressiveness from him. So yeah. that's that's my my key player to watch. Yeah, that, that willingness to just drive into the heart of the defense. No one no one seems to have it, and now Jesus seems to have found that. Yes. Don't, so, don't so, give uh, that guy five yards of space for fifty yards. No, definitely <laughs> not. And I think if, if we if we see that again, I mean that's my key player to watch. Now I do have an interesting. I have a trivia question for you. Okay. So, Acosta. Acosta right. leads the league in one statistic across all of MLS. Any ideas what that is? Um. It's either yellow cards <laughs> or um, I think it's going to be passes completed. You were actually right the first one. He's top five huh. in fouls. Com- he's top five in fouls committed and he's fouls number one. He's number one in yellow cards. He's okay. with, with, with 10. He's, he's, he's leading the MLS. <laughs> it is obviously something we have to keep in, keep in uh, a watch on uh, going into this because he is on yellow card accumulation. He will miss the next game if he gets another yellow card. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that is uh, that is something he leads in, and, it, and it's kind of interesting. I think part of that has been his shift, getting used to the getting used to the league, and then also now his shift to being much more of a defender. Um, he's definitely been playing very aggressive. But yeah. um, it was, you know, hey, we've got an MLS uh, MLS leader sitting right here in uh, FC Dallas, right? Yeah, someone's on the leaderboard. All right. <laughs> so, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll shift a little bit, Dustin. I want to talk about um, what do we think from a um, from a formation and, and uh, personnel perspective. So um, just like last week, uh, uh, we'll, we'll go through who played, who started last match, um, and then I'll throw it to you, Justin, to see what changes you would make. So sure. um, I'll start from the back. Uh, so the, the back was our normal back five, I would say. It's um, uh, Hollingshead, Ziegler, Hedges, and Cannon, with, of course, uh, Gonzalo sitting behind them. 
Uh, midfield, we did see a change uh, because of the it, Paxton, uh, I think, trying to, to, to nurse an injury. Try to, we, we saw him uh, not come in until later in the game. Uh, and Cervania took his place and, from my perspective, did a really good job. Uh, and then up, up top, um, the one and only Dustin's favorite player in the world, <laughs> Cobra, <laughs> um, as, as, as the striker with uh, um, Baji and, of course, uh, Mr. Mikey Barrios uh, on the right wing. So that's, that's, that's how we started. If you're Lucci, is that how you start against Cincinnati? Uh, short answer, no. That's not how I started. Uh, and let me let me think, just pontificate here. So I think Pomichol's too good to sit on the bench if he's not tired or hurt. So I think he's got to come in the game and he's got to start. So then that qu- leaves the question of leads the question of who does who comes out to make way for Pomichol. One theory might be that Cervania comes out and makes way for Pomichol in the midfield. However, Cervania at that eight position was, he was very good, tidy, making good choices in in positions that were threatening and in making good passes. Um, so, you know, do you, maybe you don't want to take him out. Maybe you want to reward him and let him have another game. So then that leaves the other option of you'd put him on the left wing, maybe Paxton uh, and take out Baji. And because here's the thing you can't take out jesus ferreira you just can't and you can't take nope. out cobra because he's scoring and what kind of message would that send right the guy is producing he's he's giving our team what we need right now um so do you put paxton on the left wing maybe i think the answer is no you saw that chemistry between baji and cobra um they connect, they connected for uh cobra's goal second goal i think so I think the answer is that Pomacall comes in for Cervania in that eight position. All right. So you do, so so are you taking into consideration at, at all the the fact that um, Paxton will while the rest of the team is getting time off, Paxton will be with the U.S. Men's National Team. Does that change your thoughts at all? No, it doesn't. I think I think that you have to deal with the game that's in front of you, and if you're Lucci. I think he's looking at this game, and then he'll then he'll look at the other game whenever it comes time. If he comes back from the men's national team camp and needs a rest, then he'll he'll address it then. And it, I think that's what'll happen. Um, I've been wrong in the past. I've also been right. So we guess we'll get to see <laughs> together. What about you? If you were Lucci, would how how would you change that lineup, or would you stay keep the same? You know what? I am staying 100% the same. I, I'm right. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Paxton um, rest a little bit still. Uh, he did look pretty good when he came in. Uh, I did. actually also thought about the playing him on the wing, but I don't think you can. I think, but Baji and Cobra seem like they have a good connection. I think that's both an on the field and off the field thing. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I went to the uh, uh, meet the team night last Thursday. Um, and, and uh, those two guys, after you know all the secrets and stuff were done, were just goofing off. And uh, Cobra ran up actually behind Baji and like picked him up and started laughing. And it was just you, you you could tell that that you know they're they're you know that there's a good camaraderie there, right? I think that that's a good pairing. I, I think we'll continue to see that. Um, I'm gonna rest Paxson. I'm gonna let him go into that mash, men's national team camp, his first one, right? Um, rested and healthy. Um, so if I'm if I'm Lucci. Um, 
you obviously you can always pull him off the bench but i think that the um the for the formation of the team that we saw on the the houston match is going to be the same um one thing that's one thing that's interesting and we'll find out if i am if i'm correct or incorrect on this i could swear that i've uh, heard or read somewhere that um players who played for the um a usl affiliate could not play for their mls club during the same week now i've perused all kinds of rules this this week to try to find where i saw that and it's not listed in any of the official rules so we'll i I could swear i read that and if so then we would have um i mean the ntsc fielded a really strong lineup with uh roberts pepe surrealo hayes uh i two more (laughs) i'm trying to think who oh um colin montgomery so Johnny Nelson, Johnny Nelson, mm-hmm. um, and there's one other one, but I mean, I, I think we saw people that we've seen and play first team MLS. So it'd be interesting. I I may just be completely wrong because I, I I I tweeted that out and then I was like, man, where did I read that at? And I just I can't I can't find it. Uh, but I do remember hearing or reading somewhere that they're not up, that they're allowed to bring them up, but not that they can't play for both teams in the same week. Hmm. So we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. If, if the 18 comes out and none of those guys are in the 18, then we could say, all right, maybe Jonathan actually knows what he's talking about. If not, then, you know, maybe that's something I, uh, I, I dreamed up. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure that you get accosted uh, for it if, if you are wrong. We'll, we'll sh- make sure to point it out. So, so, uh, so I, know, <laughs> I, I, know, I know that, I know that you're going to have your, uh, uh, a podcast, I'm sure, coming up pretty soon uh, with your compadres. Um, but I'm going to ask you one question that I'm sure you'll cover on the podcast too. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what did you, what did you think of Cobra's performance? You know, in a nutshell, you know, you don't have to start crying and stuff and talking about how great he is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how much time do we have here tonight? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the quick and dirty version. Oh, de Cobra. Um, no, I think it was, I think it was a great performance. I think I, I, I said it after the, the Montreal game, and I think it's still held up. I think he is exactly what this team needs in order to to score goals, and yep. in order to to make that attack click. And I'm yeah, I you cannot complain one bit about his performance in that game either. So um, I think he got the man of the match. He did get the man of the match, although the, you know, the Budweiser man or the Heineken, the Budweiser man of the match. Yeah, not, yeah he, he didn't. He didn't get either one of our product, predictions, though. No, I think I did say he'd score, though. You did say he would score. Yes, good job. Uh, yay me! Woo-hoo. All right. Speaking of um, scoring predictions, yes. Let's move on and talk about what we think is going to happen in this game as far as the score goes. Jonathan, what will the score be? What the hell, man? We've got to go five to one. Okay. I mean, come on. I mean, it, it's it's a. Uh, um, you know that, that's just what we do now, right? We just score five goals. Um, I mean, I, I would, I, I would love to see. I actually do think that there's a chance of another offensive breakout. Um, I do think that the, if they, if they do, you know, continue to play the tactics like they did in the in the last game against Houston, I think we'll see that. Uh, I agree with you. Cobra's just doesn't get a lot of attention or uh, touches, um, but he's efficient, right? So I think he got. Um, 11 total touches other than shot. He had 11, 11 other touches and five shots. I mean, that's, 
that's pretty uh, that's that's pretty 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 efficient to have 11 passes and five shots, mm -hmm. um, all within the 18th, right? So the, the um, so I, I I see that man of the match um, because I gushed over him earlier. I'm going to go with uh, Jesus Ferreira. Um, he's going to actually get two goals that that count. You know, even though I I think the second goal you know <laughs> on the last game should have counted. Um, I'm going to say Jesus Ferreira is my is my man of the match. Um, Dustin, can you one up it? What do you think? Seven to one? No, I think I'm going to pull. It, I'm <laughs> going to pull it back just just a little bit. I think we have to win this game. I think the the score has to indicate or has to tell us what the level of 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 quality is between the two teams. Uh, and for that, I, I I mean, I'm I'm we are a bubble playoff team, and they are the last team place team in the MLS. So. With that, I, I would say I'm going to go 4-1 FC Dallas wins. And I think that as far as players that might have a, a, a breakout game, I'm you know I'm going to ride that Cobra right on in to its den or whatever, some sort of metaphor that makes me sound yep. uh, fun <laughs> where, where we're basically taking and we're going to stick with Cobra having a good game. Uh the, the, the dark horse candidate being somebody who I've had some, some problems with their play, but Brian Acosta having a man of the match performance, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Oh, that would that would be that'd be really great to see. I had called Hollingshead uh, last week, who he I think did. was who was good. I think he, who did really well. You know, Steve Davis thought he was the man of the match, but he was not the Budweiser man of the match, so it doesn't matter. Um <laughs> The, one more, one more question. So, 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 Dustin, you've got this awesome new pod music. I, I forgot to mention. I'm sure you guys all listen to the intro and are like, "Man, uh, they've got it together here at the Dallas Soccer Show." Uh, but I have, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, an inspiration for from the Cobra. Are you going to start playing some, uh, maybe some Eastern European house music? Um, we call as, as a nice intro. I've coined the phrase uh, "Chekno music." For any techno music, techno music, and it, it, it's not just any Czech music. It's any Czech, any techno or electronic music that is in any way associated with Zdenek Andrasik. That is techno music. You, you should um, you should try to enter that into Wikipedia, man. I'll approve it for you. All right, sounds good. <laughs> uh, little known fact, and you know, I'm burying my soul here. In college, I was a electronic music DJ and producer. So. Uh, that, and, now then, you're, and now you're a podcast. Uh, and then I got producer, a girlfriend. So. <laughs> <laughs> and who's now my wife? Fan. Who's now my wife? Um, all right. Well, with all that going on, we're gonna we're gonna bow out on this one. Game again, seven o'clock Saturday afternoon, evening, night at Toyota Stadium against FC Cincinnati. Jonathan Roz is on Twitter. Jonathan as at Jonathan Roz 12. Thanks for joining me again, Jonathan. Of course, Dustin. Uh, we are Dallas Soccer Show. We're online at www. Well, forget the www. It's DallasSoccerShow.com. We're on Twitter as at Dallas Soccer Show. And we want to thank you for listening. Take it easy. Take it easy.